0: We're standing on the promises, right? Say with me I have the spirit of faith, faith. not the spirit of fear. fear. And the spirit of faith is The the spirit of victory. Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus today, thanking you and praising you for the Word of God and the Spirit of God. We declare that now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Sir, I would ask you to think through my mind, speak through my lips. I pray that you would give me utterance for these, your people, today. And I pray that each one of us would be edified, comforted, and encouraged by the Word of God today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. amen. You may be seated. Now we're doing a series called No More Limits. The other day I looked up uh, the word limits and then I looked at the opposite of the word limit and the opposite of the word limit or limited would be boundless. Oh, of course, unlimited, immense, immeasurable and abundant. So I want to work with that one word today. I want to talk about his boundless might And if we have time, we'll get into the boundless riches of his grace. See, we must not allow ourselves to be limited by the weakness of the flesh, or the weakness of temptation, or the weakness of our soul, or the weakness of our physical bodies. But there is a key in the Word of God that we discover this morning that gives us strength to endure and strength to run our race for the glory of God. And so I want you to look at Ephesians, the 6th chapter, and the 10th verse. We're going to look at this in the Amplified Version. In conclusion, he says, be strong in the Lord. He didn't tell us to be strong in ourselves. Be empowered through your union with Him. Pay particular attention to that phrase. Draw your strength from Him, that strength which His boundless or unlimited might Provides. Everyone say his boundless, boundless. Unlimited. unlimited might, might. Provides, me provides me strength. Now, if you couple this and connect this with Ephesians one nineteen and twenty, you t- it's talking about the resurrection power of God. It says in verse nineteen in the Amplified, "So that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited." And surpassing greatness of his power, or his might, in and for us who believe. So this might, this resurrection power, is available for you, but it is also in you when you get born again. As demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. How many of you know it was mighty strength that caused Jesus to be raised from the dead? Verse 20 bears this out which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So this is what I want to center in on today. This boundless, this unlimited strength for your life. Now the key to this then is to maintain our union with him, to maintain vital contact with him, So that we may tap into his boundless might. In other words, this boundless might that is in us and for us may show up in every area of our life. Say, no more limits for me. So let us then be empowered through our union with him. You know, immediately I think of, when the Scripture talks about union and abiding, I think of Psalms 91 and John chapter 15, uh, verses 4 and 5. We're going to look at John 15, 4 and 5 here in a moment. But in Psalms 91, it says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Say it with me. I'm dwelling. dwelling. I I am abiding in Him. In other words, we're living in Him, and He's living in us. This isn't just a Sunday-to-Sunday Sunday ordeal. This is an everyday maintaining the union with Him. In John 15, verse 4 and 5, great verses of Scripture, says, Abide in me, as the, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. Verse 5 says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So mark this down now. Jesus is the Word of God. And so when it's talking about abiding in Him, one way that we do so is not only through praise and worship, but we abide in His Word. In other words, we need to put God's Word on the inside of us daily so that we can stay in vital union with Him and stay connected with Him so that His boundless might may be operating at full power in our lives. Amen? Now, in the Amplified Version of verse 4, it says, Dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in or being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. So we get the point here this morning. He is instructing us to completely depend on him. Completely come into a place in our life where we are communing with him and where he is our permanent dwelling place. In John 15:7, he says it this way. If, that's conditional, is it not? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, or my words take up residence on the inside of you, you shall ask what you will and what will happen. It shall be done unto you. Now, Gloria Copeland says this. She said, if the word is not abiding in you as it should, it's not coming up on on the inside of you when you need it. She said the solution is simple. Spend more time in the Word. Now what happens when you put the Word of God in your heart in abundance? When you dwell in Him and abide in Him and let this Word dwell in you richly, guess what's going to happen? Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth, will speak. the mouth is going to speak. Now how many of you have ever heard this phrase, no deposit, no return? So, in some ways, then, our heart is like a bank account, is it not? You know, if you haven't put any money in the bank, when you write a check, money cannot be withdrawn from that account. Thereby, you have a check that bounces. Well, the Word of God basically is the same way. If you haven't deposited God's Word in your heart concerning healing, when sickness and disease knocks on the door of your life, then you have a difficulty, do you not? That's why we encourage you to take healing scriptures and put them in your spirit in abundance on a regular basis so that when sickness and disease knocks on the door of your life, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak the word only. And then, of course, if we haven't deposited uh, scriptures in our heart concerning divine prosperity, when the devil attacks our finances, we won't have the spiritual funds to fight back. somebody said, well, Pastor Mark, I I did deposit God's word about healing in my heart a year ago. Well, faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, you may have deposited a $1,000 or whatever amount in your bank account last year, but you've been living off that and it's gone. (laughs) Groceries and clothes and haircuts and all those things. You can't live on money today that you deposited a year ago because... It's what? It is gone. (laughs) And now the Word of God then, put in your heart, becomes strength and it produces life in your life. If you will believe it and keep it, you will be able to continually draw on the supply of strength from that Word as you meet the challenges that life presents to you. Amen? Amen. Now, if you have a low bank account and you have a big test, guess what needs to happen? There needs to be a higher amount of Word, a higher amount of fellowship, a higher amount of abiding in the Word of God so that this then can displace this. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you can count it all joy when you fall into different temptations, tests, and trials because you're ready for the test. God told us the test was coming. The crisis of life come to each and every one of us. Why wait until the test happens to be ready? Let's get ready. Let's put the armor of God on. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's be praised up, praised up, worded up, so that when the devil comes up, he's got to go down. Come on, come on. Come on. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now, you say, well, you know, Pastor Mark, right now I'm not in a position to make huge deposits of money into my natural bank account. We've all been there, right? But you can make any, any size of deposit you want to put into your heart account. Your deposit in your heart is what really matters so that you will be able to challenge the challenger when he comes to the door of your life. Amen? Gloria says it like this. She says, your future is stored up in your heart. She goes on to say, by building your faith account, you'll bankrupt the devil in your life. Let's bankrupt that turkey. Jesus already stripped him of his authority. Jesus already stripped him of his power. Amen? Amen. Now, remember this that just like you're the only one that can make deposits in your bank, you're the only one that can make deposits in your heart account. And so then we realize what Jesus is saying, that man shall not live by bread alone, but man shall live by what? Every word word that comes from the mouth of God. So now another key then to maintaining a vital union and communion with Him, number one is abiding in the Word, but number two is simply say what He said. Say what God's Word has said about you. In Joel 3.10 it says, Let the weak say... I am strong. Let's try that on for size. Let's say I am strong about three times. I I am strong. I am strong. I am strong. There is... Nothing wrong with you discovering what God said about you and then saying about yourself what he said about you. Now, this principle is found in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Let's take a look at it just real quickly. Hebrews the 13th chapter. I want you to notice the last part of that verse. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now, notice verse 6. Verse 6 says, so that we may boldly say... Here's the principle. Whatever he has said, we can boldly say. In other words, we are confessing what God has said about us. The word confession is homologeo in the uh, Greek, and it means to say the same thing. So whatever he has said about your life, you can boldly say. And I'm going to tell you this. The more word you have in your heart account, the bolder you'll be. Amen? Amen? So that we may boldly say, what are we going to say? Let's say it together. The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what shall do unto me. See, the righteous are bold as a lion. But this Word of God is able to build you up and strengthen you and give you an inheritance. The Holy Spirit is able to embolden you by the blood of Jesus. You can boldly declare what God's Word has said about you. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. Now, just some scriptures along the lines of strength. Strength His boundless might. We should not be limited in our lives by a lack of strength. Somebody says, well, I work out in the gym five times. You can be Charles Atlas on the outside, but a wimp on the inside. It's not about the outward man. It's about the inward man. Amen. 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 The inward man is the real you. And this inward man does not live by entertainment. This inward man does not live by the spirit of this world. The inner man lives by the spirit of God and by the word of God dwelling in and abiding in you richly. The Word of God is fuel for your spirit. It's fuel. that it fires you up. It enables you to get up on a Monday morning and smile and say, This is the day the Lord has made. Amen. The whole world may be sad. The whole world may be depressed. But I'm glad in the Lord. I'm happy in the Lord my God. Amen. 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 Psalm 27.1 Here's what ought to be in our hearts. And in our mouths and in our minds, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Read the rest with me. The Lord is the strength of my life. Who shall you be afraid of? No one. Psalms 18, 2. Notice this one. Let's read it together. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. That's pretty personal, isn't it? What he has said, you may boldly say. Now let's read this together and let's emphasize the word my when we come to it. Okay, ready read. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust my buckler, and the horn of my salvation. Man, that's, that's, whoo, glory to God. Faith's getting, getting strong in this place right now. See, that's how you release your faith. You release your faith by believing what he said, and then declaring what he said, and just acting like it's so. Amen? Let me ask you this morning, is he your rock? All right. Psalm 46, verse one. Notice this verse here. God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Say this with me. God is my refuge. You are my strength. You are a very present help in a time of trouble. And then look at Psalm 71, verse 16. Now, we've all had those days where we didn't feel like getting out of bed. Maybe this morning was a day like that for you, but thank God you're here. You may have something big coming up and you don't feel like you're strong enough to do it. Well, you don't have to be strong in and of yourself. We're empowered through our union with Him. Notice this in Psalm 71, 16. Read it with me. I will go in the strength of the Lord. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. Let me ask you a question today. How are you going to go? How are we going to go? I will go in the strength of the Lord. And then Psalm 84, verse 7. Did you wear your shouting clothes this morning? Psalm 84, verse 7. says that they go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. So Psalm 71 says we'll go in the strength of the Lord and we are going to go from strength to strength. strength. Raise both hands and say the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength. I'm going go to go through this week in the strength, the, the strength of the Lord. And I'm going from strength to strength. Now, real quickly, then, let's look at the boundless riches of his grace. We've looked at the boundless energy, the boundless power that we obtain through our union with him. But notice with me in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. Everyone say, no more limits for me. No more limits for me. Look at your neighbor and say, no more limits for you. No more limits for Ephesians 3, 8, and the amplifies this to me. Though I am the very least of all saints, God's consecrated people. That's what you are. This grace, this favor, this privilege was granted and graciously entrusted to proclaim to the Gentiles, now listen to this, the unending, the boundless, the fathomless, incalculable, and exhaustless riches of Christ, wealth which no human being could have searched out. Boundless grace. Boundless favor. How can we be limited when such great wealth Of his riches and of his presence and of his goodness and of his favor and of his grace is abounding in our lives. Raise your hands and say no more limits. I read this yesterday from a commentator. Let me read it to you real quickly. Paul tried to figure out the greatness of God's grace and started tracking it out as one might track out the shore of a lake. He soon discovered that it wasn't a lake at all, but an ocean, an immeasurable sea. God's riches are so vast. His riches are so vast. Now, there's several types of grace found in the Word of God. Let me give you some definitions. Number one, there's saving grace. This is from my good friend Tony Cook's book, Grace, the DNA of God. He says that saving grace is God's life and power released toward and working in an individual, justifying them and making them a new creation. And then there's sanctifying grace. Sanctifying grace is God's life and power, released toward and working in an individual, cleansing him and enabling him to live a holy life. Now, I'll send these notes to Pastor Kimberly, and she'll have these notes ready for you next week. So don't try to write everything down. You will not be able to do it. Just listen. And then there is sharing grace, which is God's life and power, released and working in an individual, prompting cheerfulness in giving to others. How many of you know that generosity is a grace? And then there's serving grace. What is that? Well... Serving grace is God's life and power, released toward and working in an individual, enabling him to serve God and others with a divinely imparted ability. It's awesome. And then there's standing grace. And this is the one we want to center in on this morning for a few moments before we have communion. Standing grace is God's life and power. It is released toward and working in an individual, Strengthening him and enabling him to stand victorious in life. Now, saving grace is the impartation of God's life. Sanctifying grace is the impartation of God's holiness. Sharing grace is the impartation of God's generosity. Serving grace is the impartation of God's ability. And standing grace, everyone say standing grace. grace. It is the impartation... Of God's boundless, God's boundless strength. So what does saving grace do for us? Well, saving grace keeps us from being lost. Thank God. Amen. How of you know by grace you're saved through faith and not that out and that of yourselves? It's the gift of God. Yeah. What does sanctifying grace do in our lives? Well, it keeps us from being polluted and contaminated with the spirit of this world. Amen. It's by the grace of God that we 've been delivered. And then sharing grace keeps us from being selfish. How many of you know your flesh not only stinks, but it can be real selfish? Yeah. And then there's serving grace, it keeps us from being unproductive. You see, each and every one of us are to be fruitful Christians, not fruitless Christians. Yeah. Amen. And then everyone says, Standing grace, Stand grace keeps me, keeps me. From, being from being defeated. Now let's look at this just for a moment today. No more limits. We have unlimited grace, unlimited favor, unlimited strength. It's because of his boundless might, his boundless love, and his boundless grace. Awesome. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1, and as soon as it gets up there, let's read it together. Ready, read. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now say this, strong. I am strong. I am strong. In his grace. And then quickly over to Romans chapter 5 and verse 2. Romans the 5th chapter and the 2nd verse. Notice what it says here. By whom also we have access by faith, where? (laughs) Wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So we've said it before many, many times that we access this sharing grace, this serving grace, this sanctifying grace. This sharing grace, this standing grace, we access it by faith. And notice with me that once we access this grace by faith, wherein we can do what? We can do what? Rejoice. No, wherein we can stand. Wherein we can what? I'm talking to you about standing grace. I'm talking to you about strengthening grace. Grace that will enable you to stand in the face of hell and rejoice in the glory of God because you know the spirit of faith always overcomes whatever comes your way. Amen. Woo! Glory to God. Yeah. So let's get this. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we what? Stand. Say with me. I'm standing, I'm standing, standing in, the grace of God. in the grace of God. And then it goes on to say, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So let's believe these things in our heart and let's say these things with our mouth right now. Lift one hand up to heaven and say this with me I stand in this grace, I stand against the weakness of the flesh, I stand against the wiles of the enemy, I stand against the pull of the world. I stand against discouragement and hopelessness. Standing grace. Now, Tony says this in his book. He says this, that grace is not only God's initiation, but it is also God's continuation. He goes on to say, He doesn't just release power to get you into the kingdom. But his power is ever available to give you strength on a daily basis. Isn't that awesome? Strength for you. Strength for me. Grace for you. Grace for me. Now let's notice in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And notice with me in verse 7 through 12. This is the apostle Paul. He was going through a very difficult time in his life. A messenger of Satan came along to stop the revelation that the Apostle Paul was getting for the churches. Many people think and believe that the thorn of the flesh that Paul had was a sickness and disease sent from God to teach him a lesson because he was getting too much revelation. But the exact opposite is true, and the Scriptures will bear this out. Verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. And concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said what? My grace isn't good enough for you, Paul. You'll just have to yield to those tests. No, he says, my grace is sufficient. And if his grace was sufficient for Paul, his grace is sufficient for you. And once Paul got this understanding, here's what he responded with. He said, therefore, most gladly. Most, he said, "My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness." And then Paul said, "Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me, therefore I take pleasures in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak." For when I am weak, then I am strong. The same person that said, Be strong in the grace." said, when I am weak, and then I am strong. This is a very dramatic example of standing grace. See, Satan would have tried to keep Paul from getting uh, conceited. Satan would have uh, tried to keep him from getting puffed up with pride. He He wouldn't have tried that. He would have encouraged it, right? Some of the things that Paul went through, some of the things that the enemy brought up to his life, just a few of these, in perils, perils of robbers, perils by my own countrymen, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea. He was shipwrecked four times. He lost count about how many times he was prison. Once he was stoned and it wasn't on pot. Three times he was beaten with rods. Five times he was beaten. The Jews say that 39 stripes... Would actually kill most men. But the Apostle Paul faced some heavy adversity. He was called to preach the gospel to the known world of his day. He established numerous churches. He wrote one half of the New Testament. While in a prison cell. There was. Listen guys. There was and there is for you. A supernatural infusion of glory and strength and might and power at work in Paul's inner man, and it's at work in your inner man. Amen. Thank God. See, people have gotten so caught up with what Paul's thorn is not, they've misseen what the grace of God is. Oh, it's abundant grace. It's great grace. It's grace beyond your intellect. It's boundless. It's fathomless. It's incalculable. It is unlimited. And His grace is for you. And His grace is for me. Come on, somebody shout. The enemy did not want Paul to have supernatural results. But we don't care what the enemy wants. We don't care what he's trying to do against us. Hey, if God be for us. Amen. Amen. Now get this in verse 9 and 10 in the Amplified Version. I want us to read it together before we have communion. Notice this. The grace of God provided sufficiency and strength. Let's read it together. But he said to me, My grace, favor, and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you, sufficient against any danger, and enables you to bear the trouble manfully. Sometimes you just got to man up. And if you're a woman, you got a woman up. For my strength and power are made perfect, fulfilled, and completed, and show themselves most effective in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly glory in my weakness and infirmities. that the strength and power of Christ, the Messiah, may rest, yes, may pitch a tent, and dwell upon me. Lift up your hands and say, O Lord, pitch a tent and dwell upon me. Read verse 10 with me. For the sake of Christ, I am well pleased and I take pleasure in infirmities, insults, hardships, persecutions, perplexities and distresses. For when I am weak, then I am truly strong, able, powerful. By my God, I can run through a troop. Yeah. By your God, you can leap over a wall. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just a question of, is will you tap into right. what He has so freely, freely, freely given freely you? Given. Yes, indeed. Will you believe what you've heard today? Amen. Yes. Will you abide in Him all week long? Yes. You don't have to get religious about it. Just open up your Bible and read the Bible. You're abiding in Him that way. Say praise God three times. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You just praise God once for the morning, once for the afternoon, once for the evening. You're abiding in Him. You don't have to get on a a treadmill of works and a treadmill of legalism to just live in vital union with Him. Just be happy in the Lord. How many of you can say, thank you, Jesus, three times? Come on. Thank Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Can you do that? Will you do that? If you will do that, you will position yourself for greater grace in your life. This is so simple. This is not difficult. Religion wants to legalize and put you in a bondage and put you in a boat of legalism. But oh, the grace of God sets you free. And if Jesus sets you free, you shall be free indeed. Somebody says, Yeah, but I feel a little down. I can see that. You got a big frown. But you get this on the inside of you, glory to God, you'll go from a frown to being lit up with the glory of God. You'll go from looking down to looking up. You'll go from being depressed, from being lifted and blessed by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Woo! Glory to God. I want to tell you today, His grace is more than enough for you. I've seen His grace Upon my life for so many years. I've seen the grace of God upon Brenda's life for so many years. I see the grace of God. Did you know that grace can be seen? When you tap into this grace by your faith, the grace of God is going to show up. And it's going to be evident. And you know what will happen in your life? I believe the same thing that happened in your life will happen, that Paul's life will happen in your life. You will be exalted. He will lift you up. In closing, turn quickly to First Peter chapter 5. Guys, get ready to serve communion. I'm happy in the house today. How about you? In First Peter 5, 5 and 6, he says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to elders. Yea, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud. We don't want to be proud, right? But he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. Have you discovered that you cannot live this life in and on your own terms? Have you discovered that if you don't abide in Him, things don't go well? That's right, yeah. But if you humble yourself under the mighty hand, under the Word of God, He says, therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, what's He going to do? He's going to exalt us, Pastor. <laughs> I wish you'd get done. Let's read this. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Then what? He, he may you. <laughs> well, We did our best today. Amen. Did you get anything out of this today? God gave Paul sufficient grace. And grace produces exaltation. Let me pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your boundless riches of your great grace would rest upon our lives every day. In the name of Jesus. I pray that somehow, someway, the words that have been spoken today will encourage and lift your people today. Lord, may they be absolutely encouraged to live for you and to abide in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.